afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. Man like Mo, out here, obviously. Hey, another day, another quarantine. Come on. Never ends. Mm. Never Hopefully ends. well. Soon not, not soon. We're going to be rioting soon. Can you, you not say what, that? Yeah. Do you know what? The, they're actually like um, speculating on how likely a riot is and government was saying, nah, them man ain't going to riot. Them man ain't going to end them. They ain't going to end them. It's like, there's going to be, there's going to be like, um, bubbling, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Tension? Yeah, there's going to be tensions and stuff, but it's not going to be a riot. We'll see. People write for the bands of it. Yeah, but I think that's probably part of the reason why the government's been pretty soft in this whole thing. Like, it's not saying full lockdown, full lockdown, because they're probably scared of a riot and know that they can't really do much if something should pop off. Do you, do yeah, you, but... do you know what will be, like, <laughs> a riot during, an, uh, like, a global pandemic will be so backwards? Like, go riot. <laughs> To, to to go to go catch corona yeah cool <laughs> you're by yourself i'm not on it i'm staying i'm staying indoors yeah i love it super disciplined and riot with social distancing <laughs> bro like put to that dude after the riot they're like yeah anyone who gets admitted into hospital 14 days after the day yeah criminal record if it means that i can get a ps4 and final and final fantasy 7 where are you going to get that from, though? Like, what game shops are still around? I've got the curries. Yeah, they keep that in the back. Fam, when you riot, you go and you break through all the... <laughs> you hey, go to the hey, back. Robert, you got a bit too much information, you know? <laughs> He's thought this through. <laughs> yeah, like, bro, you have to go to where the stock is. I know that a lot of outlets have moved their stuff online in terms of, like, um, films are coming out and they just, like, download it. So they're not even advertising going to the stores. So Jumanji yeah. was just released and they're like, yeah, download it. Um, Star Wars just released, they're like, download it. I know that. Um, Sony. So it's the games that Sony are releasing, it's just straight, download it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no theatres, there's no option to get physical media as easily. It only makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so let's get into it. Who's in the hot seat today? Sorry, not sorry. I think it's me, you know. <laughs> I think it was me when uh, when Mo sent out that warning shot. I was like, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> right, let's go. Let's <sighs> go. I think Moses has been burning with his question. No, no, no. You can go You can go first, Robert. Okay. <laughs> Save it for last. Fatality. <laughs> okay. So, um, is humility an, an attribute of God the Father? Is humility oh. an attribute of God the Father? Yes. So God. So so like so like so, so it's like God, Jesus humbled. God humble. Yes. So it's like God the Father humble. Jesus humbled himself to come in human form. So, but is God is God humble? <laughs> Basically, it's a super interesting question because My my understanding of humility or, or my definition of humility would only come through its expression, if that makes sense. And thus, Christ condescending to, you know, come and walk amongst men as a man is a an expression of humility. 
I guess I don't know if humility is the word I'd use. Uh, any 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 sort of example I can think of, I think of in terms of grace, in that you know he tabernacles amongst us. So as Christ says, he comes and he dwells within us. You know, Christ said, "We'll come and we'll live with you." Um, in reference to himself, his Father, the Holy Spirit. So that's more grace than humility, if that makes sense. And yeah. um, if if we're to look at humility, so I think Mo Mo gave a definition of humility once that sort of stuck with me, and it was like it's not necessarily thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. If I'm to go by Mo, that was you, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If if I'm to go by that definition, everything God has done, you know, for the most part, um, there is obviously the display of His glory, but also He does everything almost with us in mind. You know, He found a way to accommodate our sin he found a way to reconcile us to himself so all of those things are him thinking of us as opposed to just thinking of himself but again i don't know if humility is a word i'd use for it i'd use humble i'd use grace but then to you say someone is you could you loving. could use loving exactly but to say someone isn't humble is to say that they're proud <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know it, it's one of those things where okay so the way i'll answer it uh, i'm just sort of working this through in my head the way i'll answer it is to say i am not i'm not at a level where i can conceive of god's humility i am not important enough or strong enough or powerful enough to conceive of god's humility and he's so far above me everything he does is either loving gracious kind or glorious and i don't know if i can use that word humble if that makes sense that makes sense yeah that's uh, it's not really the answer to your question but that's how i figured it out in my head really that's fine <laughs> that's interesting what would you say robert yeah um, yeah, yeah i'm curious to hear i don't know i feel so from my understanding god has If God is worthy of all our praises, if mm. someone's worthy of like all the praises, does such a being need to be humble? I don't feel like I feel like God is above being humble just because of who He is. Mm. I think. <laughs> I think the, the, the difficulty is in the definition of the word humble. It's like it's it's hard. It's hard because I can say I can say He is He's not. He's not boastful, but then, you know, if you can't swear by someone else's name, it's different. It's different. It's like, there's no name above mine to swear by, so I swear by myself. And that just that being... The, well, no, that that's, just, that's just the truth. Like, who, that's facts. Who's again? That's facts. And so, because that's facts, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's like... Okay, when, but, when, but, mm. but if I were to say I'm a better musician than Peter, people might say that that's me being proud. So no, but then but if, if, if that's okay. facts, if that's yeah. facts, that's facts, and it, it's it, facts. Again, but like saying it, say, but, but, but like uttering that statement is what makes it a prideful statement, if that makes sense. Not I think as well. It, I think I think as well. It depends on the the motivation behind uttering it. Mm. So the heart behind uttering it would would determine humility or um, or pride. Whereas a case of like if if there's no reason Peter just walks into the room, yeah, I'm better than Peter. Like, <laughs> like, whoa <laughs> but if if it's like 
like a tangible conversation where you're kind of going through musicality and blah 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 and you're like oh like i'm a better musician than peter but peter's a better uh, martial artist than me or whatever that's not necessarily prideful it's just stating stating an objective fact because both of you have trained you both of you have put in a lot more work in your in those respective fields Mm. and so Uh, it's kind of stating a fact yeah i think the problem the problem with the word humble is it's it's a question of peers it's a question of peers so amongst god the father god the son god the holy spirit the the you know the bible saying christ did not see equality with god as a thing to be clung on to there is an element of humility there but it's amongst those peers the father son, the holy spirit like me down here looking up at that i can't really contribute to that conversation if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, hold on a minute now. The 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 Holy Spirit, you know, dwelling within us despite our sin, despite us dragging it through the mud, as it would, you know, metaphorically be. That's that's humility. That's um that's but then it's humility amongst them. It's not humility with us. I'm still like a you know a, a clay a clay pot with with with, with with treasure within. So it's like yeah i think it's we're not at their level and so we can't talk mm. about that if that makes sense that's that's just how yeah. it, it works out in yeah. my head yeah i think um this 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 is this is like a super interesting question I'm this is the best over. question you've asked Bobby. yeah, yeah. Like, i have to say yeah. i'm mulling it over in my head and i'm just like for god to be triune would mean that there is no disagreement within the godhead there is no they're not at odds like everyone is in there's a there's a coherence, there's a unity within the Godhead. And so in the God the Son taking on human form to die for us, that means it was in the will of God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so there's in God the Son doing that, it was almost it, it was in it wasn't just the Son's humility, but for the Godhead to to con- like descend and become flesh because the bible also says that it pleased god it pleased god to have the fullness of the godhead dwell within jesus whilst he was Mm. whilst he was on earth and so there was almost like a mutuality within that decision Mm. and each of them had a each of each part a member of the godhead had a a part to play in that where roman says the father called us son justified us and the holy spirit and dwells us sanctifies us essentially and so there's there's a coherence within that um I would say, yes, God is humble. Um, and my argument for that would be, in humility, you almost work for the other person's good. Mm. Um, and in working for the other person's good, if you are that other person's good, and despite the other person spitting in your face, you still like work for them, that's still esteeming them higher. That's still esteeming them highly. But you see, you see, Mo, the thing is... Not higher, but higher. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's still... That was Christ. And I, I get what you mean in that the mm. fullness of God indwelled Christ. But then I think that concept in and of itself is a difficult one to grasp because though the fullness of God was in... The fullness of the God was in Christ, mm. there was still this, a distinction between the wills. There was the will of the Father, the will of the Son. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, by extension, we say the will of the will, will of the Spirit. We see that most starkly in the Garden of Gethsemane, mm. where Christ was literally saying, "My will is, if it's possible, 
this is a big task, let it pass. Mm. But not my will, but yours. And so I, I get what you're saying. I get, but that was still Christ that did that, if that makes sense, as opposed yeah. to yeah. the Father. But I hear yeah. what you're saying with it being in yeah. his will and all of that. Yeah. I guess, yeah, that's. I'm happy you went first because you drawn <laughs> us all into this question. And that's dope. It's, it's probably the best question ever on. Well, we'll, we'll see what fire yeah, you're nah, bringing. Nah, nah. I, th- I think it's pro- probably the best question. Well, um, I can't lie. It wasn't my question. It was a question asked on Ox John Piper, and I thought it was a sick question. So. What was his What was his response? Because he's always got slick responses like um, that. So I was only half slick responses. I was, I was only half listening to to, to the response. Um, and what do you say? So Robert is doing the Xavier <laughs> using his powers. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. He's got his hands on his temples and he's trying to move the microphone telekinetically. I'd have. I'd have to listen to it again because I don't. Yeah. Even... No, fair enough. Um, let me see. Okay, you guys talk. There's more. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah, don't, don't worry. Yeah, Just yes, yeah, send a link because Ask John Piper is like a common thing. We can we'll include it in the in the show notes for sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I'll yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I say definitely. I'll I'll try to listen to it. <laughs> I try. thought Piper was your guy, Mo. Not anymore. Oh, right, what happened? Nothing. Just right. I'm just in the I'm just in the stage of life where anyone can get. Yeah, nah, so it's like yeah, it's, it's like I used to place Piper on a pedestal, um, yeah. like all the reformed reformed guys. But I'm starting to hold reformed theology a bit loosely. Um, so yeah, I'm just in a I'm just in a place where like anyone can get, and plus I'm just in a place where I haven't really listened to people's sermons. Mm. Yeah, um, I'll just wait for Peter to get set up again. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Nah, it's cool, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so my question. Mm. So in um, the Great Commission, Jesus sends, sends his disciples out to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm. But then in the book of Acts, we see them baptizing people in the name of Jesus. Mm. Were they disobedient to the Great Commission? <laughs> Wait, say that question again? <laughs> Jesus, in the Great Commission, sent out the disciples to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But in the book of Acts, the records show that they were baptizing people in the name of Jesus. Were they disobedient? So, my thinking on it... <laughs> having not extensively studied the book of Acts, is it wasn't so I much... Like, I like the, the having not extensively. <laughs> I don't think it was so much um, a, a disobedience of what he said as it was a distinction from the baptism of John or the baptism that was happening beforehand. So there was a baptism by water or that yes. understanding of a baptism by water, but there was also a understanding that we are doing something more than what John was doing. We are baptizing in the name of Jesus, but I think in accordance to the priesthood of Jesus. So I don't think it was in disobedience to what he said, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I think it was a distinction that we are not doing the baptism of John, which was not bad. We're doing the baptism of Christ, which is by fire as opposed okay. to by water. That's so, how I understand it anyway. So the way you understand it is more so not necessarily 
um, so the baptism that was recorded wasn't necessarily recording the the words of the baptism, but the authority of the baptism. I think so. Yeah, this is interesting because the reason I asked is I've just, I've heard there's been um, debates mm. where I've had people say before I got baptized, someone said to me, if the pastor is going to baptize you in the name of Jesus, refuse it. <laughs> it has to be in the name of the Father. So, like literally. Like what? Literally, jump out like, the pool? Fam. <laughs> so he was like, speak to your pastor beforehand and ask him, like, in whose name is he going to baptize you? And if it isn't in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, then don't go get baptized. Oh, that sounds like such a semantics thing. But... It oh. really does. And, but on the flip side, I've heard another argument that was saying that <clears throat> Jesus is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Saying because if you baptize him, if if Jesus said baptize me and b- that baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but they're baptized in the name of Jesus, then that equates to him being Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which then means that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit came down as Jesus and lived out the ministry. Oh, but, gosh. but but or, or playing devil's advocate a bit here. Mm-hmm. So. You find that natural to do, don't you, Robert? A little bit. <laughs> so does that mean that when we pray to God? Oh no! So 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 does that mean that praying to God, praying to Jesus, praying to the Holy Spirit is the same thing, or is that or is that a was that another semantic thing? As in, like. Praying separately to God the Father, separately to God the Son, separately to God the Holy or, Spirit, or, 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 or like it's touching your prayer, dear God, or dear Jesus, or dear Holy Spirit. Are they all as? Are they all on the same thing? If that makes sense. Uh, I, I get, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, Peter. In in my opinion, it comes down to an understanding of what we're doing. Um, I think. The problem is we we treat it as though so the the triune God is one God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit that is a mystery and I think we don't appreciate what that means that it is a mystery and that it's not necessarily something we are even called to fully understand in this lifetime or in this you know in in this slice of eternity because they are one and yet they are different and it is called a it is literally called a mystery and i think that's for with with reason now if i want to put that aside and recognize that they are also three distinct beings there is a father who is god of all there is the son who has become our high priest the bible says he is on the right hand side of god uh, of, of the throne of god interceding on our behalf and then there is the spirit who is called our comforter who dwells within us guides us all of these things and so then it's like we were reconciled back to the Father. That's what Christ came to do, make way for us to come back to the Father. Mm-hmm. And thus when we ask, and he says, if you ask the anything, if you ask the Father anything in my name, he will, you know, he will give it to you for supporting to his will, all of these things. So I think it wasn't designed for us to then be praying to Jesus and praying to the Spirit and praying to God, which is, I don't there's anything wrong with that because they are all God. But I think really we were reconciled back to the Father and we are to pray to the Father. Christ is already praying for us. The Holy Spirit is living within us. So I think we can have interactions with 
them to some extent. But really, we pray to the Father and that's really all it should be. If you end up praying to the Spirit, if you end up praying to uh, Jesus, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I think it betrays a misunderstanding maybe of what's actually going on there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think as well, in line with what Peter was saying, I think that the Bible presents almost like clear roles within the Godhead um, when it comes to salvation, in that Father calls, Son justifies, and um, Holy Spirit almost sanctifies. And it's a case in we pray by the power of the Holy Spirit through the Son to the Father. Mm. And so there's, there's almost that trajectory where it's like, it is by the spirit that we are made alive in Jesus for the glory of the Father. Yeah. yeah. And so there's almost almost that, that that trajectory where it's, even with Jesus saying, I go to my Father and yours, and it's like for the Father's glory, and everything is almost geared towards the Father. But because it's, it's, a, tri, it's a triune Godhead, it's like each member points attention to the other members, and it's just like there's this unity within it. Um, so yeah, I, the model that I see is, um, within the Bible, praying by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus to the Father. Yeah. And so I would have to adhere to that trajectory and that, that model. Yeah. Um, while still leaving room for um, acknowledging each member of the Godhead mm. within prayer, so almost like thanking the Holy Spirit for His work of sanctification, yeah, yeah. or thanking the Holy Spirit for giving us utterances, or thanking mm. Jesus for dying for us. Mm. You can't. It doesn't necessarily work thanking the Father for dying for us, even though some people pray like that because the mm. Father didn't die for us; it was Jesus, mm. and the Father indwells us through His Spirit. It's just the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, it's, yeah, mm. it, it, it does, it does get a bit like semantic. Yeah. Orient, yeah. like heavily based, but yeah, it's, because it's interesting during, during um, studies, because what we used to do before, well, what the institution does is that before every day of study, there's a moment of worship and prayer. And mm. they always have someone who's training for ordination lead the prayer. And one woman led the prayer and she said a prayer some, along the lines of like, um, thank you, Father, for dying for us. And our next, our very next lesson was theology. And the theology teacher picked apart that prayer line for line and told us uh. why it was wrong. <laughs> 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 but, but the teacher was like, no one should go and tell her that I picked apart her prayer. I'm just mm. using it as an example as to how mm. sometimes we can misunderstand the Trinity. Now, Ram, mm. that's sneaky because 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 then <laughs> if, if you feel there's a misunderstanding on her part, you should go and tell her so that there's not a misunderstanding again. It, it was it was one of them ones where he started on an unrelated topic that led mm. to it, and then he used her as an example mm. Mm. because it was fresh in everyone's minds. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel yeah. I feel like that's not helpful. <laughs> I feel like if you think she's wrong, go and tell her. No, no, but the, the, the thing is, yeah, but as soon as he mentioned it, there were a lot of like, yeah, 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 going in the classroom. It was mad. It was mad. Yeah. I mean, bringing it back to the whole baptism thing, mm. um, I think it's a similar thing where it, we, we get caught up in the semantics and it's like, 
sometimes those become and, and more often than not it just becomes a matter of I've read a, I've read one book more than you and therefore I'm going to pick apart this thing that you said mm. sort of thing so yeah I just think luckily God doesn't base us God doesn't you know judge us based on our knowledge or our understanding of the knowledge we have but more on the push of our hearts where, where that's that's a it's a grace there mm. cool yeah. all right that was fun <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was that was especially after my little microphone issues that was a that was a thoroughly enjoyable sorry not sorry i must say all right robert get... it's Yo. your turn next week hey <laughs> you know what yeah this disappointment i got i don't know if i'm gonna be able to <laughs> I have a feeling, hey, I have a feeling I'm not going to be feeling too well next week. Yeah, yo, you hear the cough? You hear the cough? Yo. Don't worry, I'll be praying healing. Hey, I'll be praying this healing. is how you know you've got Who's a prayer name? for wife. Wait, this is how you know you've got a prayer for wife. I was saying, oh, I have a feeling I'm not going to feel well next week. I need to do like, God forbid. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Oh. All right, cool. so let's get into today's topic. So on Friday... I was watching this film on Netflix called Miracle in Cell 7, in Cell Number 7. Okay. And it was a really good film. Really, really good film. Um, it Is was... It Pardon? Is it a Christian film? No, it wasn't. Bro, okay. Netflix. Yeah, but Miracle. <laughs> no, so, so basically, it was set in Turkey. All right. And um, it's a story about this guy who has like mental disabilities. And um, he's a father... Um, to a child, and he lives with his mom, and his wife died. But anyway, um, so he is falsely accused of killing the daughter of this like high-ranking army um, person, mm. and so he gets sent to jail, and is going to be hung, hung for mm. killing this, for, for killing. I, I think it's like lieutenant commander or, 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 or lieutenant colonel's um, daughter. Mm. Even though he didn't do it, but like him being like mentally disabled, he can't like um, he can't um, explain what happened. Mm. And yeah, so it's like a really peak situation. He's like in this Turkish jail with like all these other people. Um, I won't tell you what happens, but go and watch it. I say go and watch it. Okay. So um, by the end of the movie, um, there was um, I was watching it with, with like. Um, some friends, friends, and like some friends of friends who are all, who like mostly Christian for the most part, and um, Netflix party, yeah, yeah, Netflix party thing. And like everyone just started getting gassed because they were drawing um similarities to the crucifixion with, with, with like what was happening in the story, mm. and that got me thinking, um. As Christians, are we to find God in all, in like everything, in like in like movies and TV shows and stuff, or can movies and TV shows just be movies and TV shows? I mean, keeping in mind this was, um, with this being based in Turkey, these yeah. were like Muslim people. Yeah. So like, so I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it was their intention to portray a crucifixion-like scene. Yeah, I think I think there's a fine line, you know. We can, I think sometimes we can, um, we can over spiritualize things, and 
and more often than not, that looks like I'm walking down the street, my foot hits a rock, and I'm like, oh, God is punishing me for some sin. I did. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not quite how it works, you know. Can God speak to us through everything? Yes. Can he speak to us through movies, through songs, through those that are of God and those that aren't of God intentionally or unintentionally? Absolutely. And I think if our position or if our posture is more so to um, to incline our ears to be open to hear from God and be like, you know, in, in all things, I'm down if God wants to speak to me, then, yeah, cool. I think that's a better position to take. But the idea of, and, and if you're saying I'm looking for God in, in such a cool. But I think sometimes it can be dangerous and we can over-spiritualize and make things what they aren't if we are saying everything that I'm doing, God is going to use to speak to me in some way. It, he can. I don't know if that's always the case. Cool. Um, quick interjection. Um, okay, now she stopped. I was just about to ask if we can hear Leia's um, videos in the background, but she just stopped. Um, um, yes, my side. I think definitely in line with what Peter was saying, I, I do believe that God can speak through anything. And often at times he does speak through things that we might not necessarily perceive him speaking through. I think if you're open to the spirit of the Lord, he can speak to you through through mundane things. Like legit, you could be walking down the street and trip and then be like, oh, like God gives you a lesson. Like you, you should you should like watch where like like legit, God can say something. I don't know what he might say, but he, he could say something. Mm. And so being open to the spirit in the sense of like not necessarily trying to find what God is saying and everything, but being open to the possibility that God is speaking to you. But at the same time, I do recognize that sometimes we over-spiritualize everything. We over-spiritualize things and we try to force meanings from different things. Mm. Um, one thing that I appreciate from a song by a beautiful eulogy and propaganda called Signs is that, um, mm, I that song. Yeah. yeah, sometimes we, if we don't see or don't perceive to see something supernatural happening in our lives and we feel like God isn't at work, mm. um, without recognizing that, like, God sometimes works works through the very mundane and it isn't as flamboyant as like, oh, this, there's a flash of light, yes, something's mm. about to happen. Like, it's, it's not necessarily like that. Mm. Um, like, the worst one, the one that I've, I've seen, this guy was trying to evangelise and the person who was evangelising, he was wearing a red top. So he said to the woman, oh, I like your blouse, it's very red. Do you know what it reminds me of? She was like, what, the blood of Jesus? <laughs> like, bro... <laughs> That, bro. Bro, bro, what? What? Well, fam, if that's what it reminded him of, is he wrong? Confirmation, confirmation bias is a real thing. If I if I set out intending to find something, I will find it. Whether it's there or I'm making it up is up for debate, if that makes sense. So it's like, yeah, man. So how do you think you know when it's God speaking to you in something and when it's just you trying to over-spiritualize? Maturity. Maturity yeah. and honesty. Yeah. You know, if if um if I really want to take this biscuit and I'm like, oh, I was walking into the room and then the light was on, therefore God is saying, take what you see. 
there was a there was a shaft of light coming through the window, just hitting it hit hitting the biscuit. The biscuit the right. It, like, it oh. refracted and formed a cross, so I knew that it was the Lord. Yo, I'm gonna use that one. <laughs> I'm gonna use that one. <laughs> you know, you know. Then and and of so of course those are extreme examples, but I think there is an element of being honest with yourself and saying, is this my flesh or is this thing but i think maturity will help you recognize when it's god i'll I'll always go back to abraham i always go back to abraham and the fact that the first interaction he had with god was move away from your father's house that was the first thing and through that and through you know his walk and everything he matured in understanding who god was or what god's voice sounded like Mm. to him so that when god would then say the unprecedented thing of i want you to go and kill your son he can know that that was God. I, I struggled for the longest thinking, how did he not say that was the devil? Like, there's no precedence for that. Like, there's, there's God doesn't do human sacrifice like that. So Bro, it's like, but I don't, maturity. I don't know if you've got this children's book called Little Bear. Hello, no. Little Bear. No, it's hilarious. So Little Bear, it's it's getting dark, and Little Bear's mum's calling him to come back home. Mm to come sleep but obviously little bear doesn't, doesn't want to come home so you hear little bear's mom little bear come home and it's like that couldn't have been my mom that was just the rustling leaves <laughs> like, fully if god was like kill your son that couldn't have been god that was just the rustling leaves you know it's, it's mad well yeah i think maturity and honesty mm. yeah know. yeah and i think i think that there's always um we will make mistakes in discerning what God is saying to us at mm. times. Mm. It's inevitable. Mm. Um, it's but take, necessary. Yeah. But taking steps in faith and mm. taking steps in trust mm. where you're like, God, if this is you, I will trust you. And I, I do believe that whether you take that step or like God prevents you from taking that step, he will honor however it kind of plays out. So mm. long as it truly is in faith and is in trust. Yeah. So just coming off that, when it comes to like using, so like in the Bible, um, Paul used what was happening around him at the time to preach some of his messages. Mm. Like, uh, um, like he used some of the the Greek um, rhetoric at the time. Um, So where do you think the line is for us in in like the modern day, like you secular thing to try and teach people about Jesus? I think it comes back to being all things to all men that you might save some. And so I think, and, and there's a genuineness or, um, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a honesty about what you're doing. If I am just trying to use your language to make a point that I know you could relate to or understand, that's, that's honest. But if I am, if I'm being cheesy or if I'm being, you know, like I, I'm just, I'm just picking on cliches and stuff like that, then it's not genuine and it's not real and, and it doesn't connect. And we've also got to remember that the power of God, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So really and truly, your delivery of it only... <laughs> your delivery of it only goes that far. At the end of the day, God is the one working in people's hearts and yeah. has planted and is watering seed. And so all of that doesn't... It, you know, it helps, but it's not essential to saving someone but i think and i'm often than not it's by virtue of our experiences our education our exposure 
Oh, that's three E's. That's a proper theologian thing, isn't it? <laughs> the three E's. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, you know, afford us the vocabulary or the um, the metaphors, whatever, to connect on such levels. But if you're just trying to, you know, seem smart or seem deep or whatever, I think those things you, people see through. Yeah. I think... Um... The fact of the fact that Jesus could use um, could say parables, mm. utilizing what they would immediately connect with, um, and it, and it working to some degree because some of them didn't understand. Um, but Jesus, like being able to say um, speak in parables and stuff, not necessarily gives us license, but it kind of shows us that it can be done, um, and. Yeah, I think, again, we'll come back to, like, the heart. Um, to what end are we trying to do this? To show our knowledge of their, of them or truly trying to um, convey the gospel? So, yeah, I'll say to what end. And I, I, I believe it can be done. Because um, even in Proverbs, Solomon speaks about, like, observing the things around him and gaining wisdom. Mm. And so even if, even if that wisdom helps you to convey the gospel message to other people, I don't see any, any issue of why you'd, you'd um, engage in that. Yeah. So it's okay to remix secular songs to, to sing in church? Hey, but what, what makes us think that some of the Psalms and the poems in the Bible weren't remixes of stuff that was already happening? Because most of them applied directly to what David was going through. Um, yeah, they, they do. I'm just being devil's advocate. I, d- I don't. <laughs> I don't particularly think they were remixes or anything. Or You've been a bad advocate, fam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey. But yeah, um, I think I think there's there's like there's levels. Like you can't take. I, I don't think it's appropriate to take a song that is like all the way left. And then try pull it, like clean it up and make it. No, nah, I don't. I don't. But yeah, I don't know. And it is interesting because um, Bizzle, Bizzle's mixtapes got got over money. Does what typical mixtapes do in taking secular beats and just rapping over them. Mm-hmm. But I have vibes with them like so much. Wow. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, I think I think that's different. I think that's different because of the culture. Like a mixtape, that's what you do. You sample. You, you're showing that you're a better rapper than other rappers. But he could he couldn't take in like Lecrae's beats, like other people's beats. No, but no, no, he, no, he no, took... no, no. That's, that's uh, yes, he could. Okay, you know, in, in, in all fairness, in all fairness, there's a difference between remixing an already secular song. And taking a secular instrumental. Exactly. Yes, that's true as well. And that's why I said it comes down to the culture. Because in hip hop, when we're rapping, battling, you give me the same beat. I do my thing. You do your thing. We see who's the better rapper. That's that's where that comes from. That's where the whole mixtape culture came from. So I think that's different to I'm taking your beat and sometimes I'm taking your words and I'm remixing it. I personally think that's lazy artistry. And I also think it's a bit cheesy, but I yeah, know that I think, there's some che- there are some people that do that. It's just I think taking a secular song 
and just polishing it off for church. Nah, let's let's come off, come off it. Let's let's not do that. Um, yeah, like nah. No, let's not do that. The, the mentality normally is, oh, they're listening to this anyway, so let's give them good words to put to it. It's lazy artistry, and I, I don't think, I, I don't like it. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Like, there was one gospel group that um, used twerk as an acronym for something else, and I'm just like, that don't work. <laughs> that don't work. Oh, my gosh, that is funny. <laughs> okay, so also in this movie... Um, so obviously the guy had mental disabilities And I was thinking, bro What woman is going to Do the thing with this guy and have a whole kid And obviously It, it, it turned out that it was like an arranged marriage thing And then I was like Obviously, are you mean? Nah, bro if, yeah, You have to watch the movie and you understand You have to watch the movie okay. and you understand um, And it got me thinking um, About arranged marriages um, I wanted to ask, if Arranged marriages were allowed in this country and were allowed in Christianity. Do you think that that would have a positive or negative effect on Christianity as a whole, or do you think there would be no effect on or, or, or no noticeable effect? When you say allowed in uh, in Christianity, I mean like modern day Christianity. So like if if like your dad and your your dad. My mum could set you up with a wife that you had no um, uh, um, say in, in in marrying. Do you think that would have a positive or, or negative effect in Christianity? I think a lot of those things are underpinned by culture, though, because I think this still happens, especially in like maybe some you know older older school cultures. I think they still have a, a understanding of arranged marriages and whatnot because those are part of the culture um whether or not it would have a positive effect i think the same sort of stats work you know arranged marriage versus free will marriage if i'm to say how, how has that worked out in in the past and actually you might hear you might it might be surprising but i think arranged marriages actually work a lot work more better. yeah yeah but yeah. then the again the again i think i think that's down to culture I think that's down to the culture of the people, as opposed to whether or not that's well. I don't know. I I just think it, it's underpinned by culture, and I think the same stats sort of apply. I think I've I've heard. I don't know how true it is, but I've heard that this notion of marrying for love is a very new phenomenon. Yeah, like it wasn't. It wasn't like that like a century or two ago, and yeah. before the prior to that. Whereas now it's very much just like, oh, I love her, so I want to I wanna be with her. Um, but rather you're in a position where, all right, this is the guy, learn to love him. Or this is the woman, learn to love her. And you almost start from the position of like, no, nah, I'm actually trying to get to know you, to get to love you, because we're in this together. Um, yes, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think it would make for better marriages. Just because people would be forced to learn how to love people. I think, like, in our culture today, because um, domestic abuse is illegal... Um, thankfully. Thankfully. <laughs> um, even though it still happens, I don't think that it would happen to 
I don't think men would be like attacking their wives like they were back in the day. So I think that if you if you're if you're being forced to be married to someone, you're more likely to learn how to love them because you're you're in this. So it's kind of like making the most the best of a best of the situation that you're in. Mm. I think anyway. I think I think for it to flourish. And do you know what? Arguably, it would work both ways, but we would need to take a long, hard look at the structure that supports the marriage. Because if it is, if, it, if arranged marriages are cultural and there's like two families saying, all right, I'm going to give my son to your daughter, then I almost see it as your responsibility as handing over this person to help them invest into the marriage and ensure that the marriage is going well and not just saying, all right, cool, we've like put you two together, go make it work, mm. but rather let's support you make it work. For the wife to be like, he hit me last night. And then for the wife's dad to come through, thump up the guy real quick, touch my daughter again, we'll see what I go on. Like, <laughs> you know, like check, check some barriers and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I think, I think, so this, this isn't particularly just a Christian thing, but I just think then the support system to support it, there should be a support system to support it rather than just, all right, cool, you two go start your own family and keep it moving. Um, especially if, if you had a hand in putting that together, then there should be that system of let's support it to get to where it needs to get to. And, and I think that's something you also see with those sort of arranged marriages. Normally, they come from a culture where everyone is invested. Yeah. And it makes sense, you know, they, yeah. everyone invested in arranging the marriage, everyone's invested in maintaining it as well. Like Whereas, more time, the guy and the woman who move into the guy's dad's house or whatever, quite literally, like they'll build yeah. a second, yeah, and so yeah. they can see everything that's happening. Yeah. Whereas now, it's just like, well, you found the one you love, you guys go sort yourselves out. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> How much time do you have here? Okay, cool. Um, one last question, just around this whole thing about um, mental disabilities. Um, do I want to go there? No, I don't want to go there. We'll say that go for there. another day. Go there. The... Go there. I don't go know there. if I'm ready to go, go there. there. Go there. Go there. you boy up in it. Go there. Um, I got five percent left on my on my iPad. Go there. Okay, let's go Chris quickly. Um, how the so obviously in life there's a chance that a child can be born with a mental disability or whatever or a physical disability or whatever or they can be fine and just be pagans. But if a child is born with like a a, a, a disability, what is a gracious way to support someone? in that if that makes sense so like so like if if, if like one of us was to, was to have a child who had some sort of disability what would be the christian racist thing from from the others to like support that the, the child in that family through that or, or oh as in not the parents but externally yeah okay or is that no one's business and you should just leave the family to do what they're doing no 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 like so I, I bought this book by John Piper. I'm trying to look for it to get the name. I can't find it. But literally the book is just um, pictures of different kids with disabilities. 
with their words of how God sees them. Mm. And it's very much just like, still like affirming God's love for them, God's like them being created fearfully and wonderfully, like them being created in God's image, blah, blah, blah. I think to not, I the way that I would want to help is to not, is to help them not feel less than and still feel affirmed in God's love for them and to know that there's a plan and a purpose for them like God was intentional and I, it, it sounds hard especially because you're like but I'm different from everybody else but it's like God still like you are still fearfully and wonderfully made God still watched as you are being knitted together it doesn't necessarily mean that God loves you any less or like he's just skipping skipping over you like his love for you is as intense as anybody else um, and it was interesting because the book also alluded to God showing a uniqueness of his love through their disability. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I would like to emphasize this where it's just like, yo, like you are actually a special, you're actually special and not special in a bad way, but yeah. Yeah. That's yeah what, that, think... that, that, that would be my contribution. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think for that initial and i think this applies to everyone really recognizing that a disability of any form doesn't make you less i think that's important personally i think i'd need to do a lot more uh reading and education on how to relate to kids with disabilities because i don't have any experience per se doing that but i think it's for at least fundamentally it's recognizing that you aren't any less than anyone else by virtue of having a disability and that God's glory is seen through you and is seen in you in a unique and in a beautiful way. Um, but with, with the support and with everything else, I, I, I probably have to do a lot more. I have to do a lot more reading, a lot more education on what, what goes into that because I haven't had much experience there. Cool. Right. Out here trying to find the book. How about yourself, Robert? Um, yeah, I think I just echo what you guys have been saying. Knowing that, um, that's a cop out. Now, oh, hold on, let me, <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me speak while speaking. Um, I think like the, the like story in the Bible that comes to mind is, um, about the Jesus, Jesus when he, he healed the blind man mm. and he was talking about this happened, sin. yes. And then, um, Jesus said that this happened so that his glory could be seen. And I think um, that it's just another conduit in, in through which God shows his glory. Yeah. And um, it might be one that might, right be harder, might be harder for the parents to go through, but it's just keeping their mind in sight, the bigger picture of what this whole thing is about. Yeah. And, and like, even though it's hard, God is still in control of the situation. God. God is still loving and caring and merciful and his glory can and will be seen through your situation. Mm. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Cool. Cool. All right, let's round up. Moses, do you want to go, go first with hookups before your thing dies? Um, ah, it slipped my mind. Um, ooh. Um, my hookup is water. Drink water. <laughs> be hydrated during the quarantine. That's my hookup. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, Peter? Um, my hookup is a podcast, a new one, by 
Ted Ted.com, the guy that bid it brings you the guys that bring you TED Talks. Um, they've created a new podcast called uh, Checking In with Susan David. And I think Susan David is like a psychologist or a psychiatrist or something like that. Um, and she just it's just like a 15 minute um, yeah, she's a psychologist at Harvard Medical School. Um, and it's just like 15 minute episodes um, where she's sort of talking through some of their emotional um, mental stresses that we are all undergoing being in the situation being in coronavirus so it's a good podcast to to listen to I, I heard it through because I listened to TED Talks I uh, heard it through there and thought it would be good for it'd be good for everyone to give it a try see if it helps you out um, but it's called Checking In with Susan David yeah cool um, I think my hookup will be this Netflix uh, movie, um, Miracle in Sound Number 7. Mm. Um, check it out. And it's the, you want the Turkish version because it was adapted from a Korean movie. Right. So it's Korean first, but on Netflix, they've got the Turkish version and it's mm. sick. It's cool. really dope. Uh, check it out. Cool. Really enjoy it. Double um, sub. Pardon? Double sub. It's subbed. Something got that real turkey. Fam, they they make Jelson look so sick. <laughs> Them guys were having feasts in there. They had their own clothes. Anyway, I'm I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> cool. Uh, but people also got hang and shot as well. So you know, <laughs> stress. <laughs> pros and cons. Pros and cons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, shout out to Root for intro outro music. Calvin yeah, Turner for the Audrey Mason logo. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You can find us at Twitter at the Furnace UK. You can email us at tbsfurnace.hotmail.com. You can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash Blackson's Furnace and Apostrophe on all good podcast websites and apps, including Spotify, iTunes, and them things there. The Blackson's Furnace with an apostrophe. <laughs> you alright? <laughs> yeah, I just forgot for a second. I thought, I thought this thing glitched. <laughs> Robert <laughs> glitched. <laughs> I'd brave read for a second. But yeah, mm. this is the Blacksmith's Furnace signing out. Blah! Hello again.